Hello, welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast, where we deep dive and analyse games one letter at a time. I'm Dan, and I am a chubby cherub. <laughs> I'm Mark, and I'm currently sat in a toilet in Benel Madina. I'm sullen, I've not even been here. <laughs> well, where have you been? India. India? Is this is this the only mention of India that we'll hear throughout the podcast? Probably not, because it's a massive excuse for not being able to play Chubby Cherub. That's a good I wish point. I'd been to India. Mm, if only we all had that excuse. So, <laughs> before we do get on to our podcast game of the week, let's have a little bit of a catch-up and see where we've all been. Now, we know someone's been to India, but Mark, where have you been and what have you been doing? Just from a gaming perspective, I've played Chubby Cherub. And then from a everything else perspective, we were talking about um, me making a game in Nintendo Family Basic. And when I went back and looked at it, I realised I'd have to relearn Basic. So I thought I'd just do a more modern game. So I downloaded Unreal and um, Unity and uh, CryEngine. And I had a crack, at, uh, a little mess around with each of those. And I've decided I'm going to build a 2D Metroidvania game in Unity. And I've started on it. So I'm currently just agonising over things like gravity and jump distance and what moveset the guy's going to have before I start building levels and have to rebuild them because I've come up with another idea for the guy. So that's where I, what I've been up to. That sounds fun, but I think... You've quit on Family Basic too soon. <laughs> no, trust me, I have not. So you, should, you should have plowed on. Family Basic would have had everything you needed, surely. No, well, this, it would have been easier to start off with because I already know Basic, but it, but uh, it had its own little weird nuances and ways of doing things and they tried to turn it into more like a game to use rather than actually being like a programming thing. So it, I was far too advanced for it. <laughs> is, it is it quite simple? Uh, no, it's everything's there, but yeah, it's it, 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 it kind Basic. of it, thank. Well done, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Family Basic is very basic, so I thought, well, I might as well just learn something new. Something cool might come off it, so we'll see anyway. Sullivan, oh hello, because I was um, in India. Did I mention I've been to India? And I was stuck in a hotel for some time and on planes, etc. Uh, I was played Link's Awakening. For the most the of that journey, for the switch, yes, and it's um, it's good, it's good. Is it is it a remake or a reboot or a reimagining or what? It is, it's a remake and a remodeling, if you like. So it's gone from obviously an old Game Boy game, old, old flat Game Boy game, to a lovely three D aesthetic, which controversial or not, it's probably the cutest version of of Link. That's out there, yeah. And it, it it is pretty much exactly the same as the um, Game Boy game. There's a couple of changes, but you can more or less play the two side by side and know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, the ability to because obviously you've got more buttons, etc. You don't you don't have to faff with the menus to put your Pegasus boots on and then pick your boomerang and everything. You can set a couple of buttons for different things, and you in fact your boots are always on, uh, so you're not always swapping stuff like that. But it's um. No, it's lovely, and I know that there's been a lot of stuff said about frame rates, which it does suffer from, uh, which is odd. How? I don't know. It's very it odd. It dips a lot. It's quite jarring, actually, to see. And you'd think, if you've seen it, it doesn't look particularly taxing when you compare it to something like um, Breath of the Wild or something like Mario Odyssey, which is you know, is it locked at 60 frames per second, and it's a really mm. pretty, pretty game. And Link's Awakening doesn't look much more. Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder there, so but no, well, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's not. Uh, it's not a powerhouse, is it? The Switch. However, you'd not expect it to to be. It's funny like though, because some game, some games are like that. That rhyme is similar in it. It shouldn't give it any bother, and it's you can't even play it unless you bang it through TV. No, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the, if it was originally for the 3DS. And they've tried to, uh, the, I don't know. I don't know. Or, the, or the Wii U or something. Yeah, and they've tried to. Well, Breath of the Wild was Wii U, wasn't it? And that's, mm. that plays and a lot. That's ace. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But obviously, if it was for a 3DS originally, then it'd be, you would think it wouldn't struggle 
when transferred to the Switch. But I don't know, it's just a bit odd. And I know that it seems a bit churlish to complain about it, but it's more of a, a surprising thing to see than a... than a Particularly from Nintendo, for a first-party game, they're usually pretty sharp on all that, aren't Yeah, they? where's your stamp of excellence? Yeah, where's your seal? That's it. <laughs> but other than that, um, I've not been... I've not been playing anything else. Uh, Celeste, my uh, turned up today, but I ordered from. Oh, that's um, good, is that? Well, it was the physical version that I ordered from Limited Games. I didn't like it. What? How can you not like that? I played it and went, oh, yeah, I understand what's happening here, but yeah. Uh, did you give it a proper chance? About 10 minutes. No, that's not oh, proper. That's, that's not enough, proper. is it? Oh, it's amazing. I'm surprised you don't like it. I thought I thought you would like it. It's a game that just repeatedly smashes you in the balls over and over and over again until it makes a man out of you. Have you played Tetris 99 yet? No. Oh, for God's sake, Mark. They've got, yeah, get on it. They've got a, um, some Luigi's Mansion-themed thing at the minute. What about you, Dandel Grill? Well, I got flown out to Turkey with Thomas Cook and then they went bust. So I had a nice stressful fortnight thinking about, oh, I'm going to get back. But on the flight out, <clears throat> I too was playing Link's Awakening. I also bought Cadence of Hyrule, which is kind of a reskinning of um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, a rhythm-based. Is it the same game? As far as I'm aware, I haven't played Crypt of the Necrodancer. My interest was so, peaked by the Zelda reskinning. I thought, oh, I'll get that. And how, so how much were it? Because, like, Crypt of the Necrodance is two quid. It was more than two pounds. <laughs> so why not just get Crypt of the Necromancer and pretend? I, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> um, I like the music that comes with Zelda. That's, ah, well. that's about it. Because it's all themed around that music. And that ah, so it's not just and it's it, not just a, re, a visual reskin. It's a audio, audio, oral reskin. It's an, it's an oral reskin. Oral. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone... Yes. Everyone likes an oral reskin. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've enjoyed playing that, but it's kind of a bit stressful. I don't know if you've played Crips and the Equidance, have you? Either of you? I, I I kind of turned it on and added a little tiny blast on it, but I haven't uh, I haven't given it more than a couple of minutes. But uh, I have it, not. But, but you understand? You you know about? The I know the basic concept. Mechanics, yeah. Here. Yeah, it's, well, it kind of stresses me out because you've got to move, a move, a move to the beat. Keeps going yes. every time to the beat. You've got to make a decision, and I can't make decisions quickly because I ponder on stuff and then I die. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of how it works, like that. and it stresses me out because you got to, you got to read the enemy's movements and their tells before the attack and move to the appropriate place or fire an appropriate weapon. And I can't, I can't think and be on rhythm. Can't think enough moves ahead. What you need yeah. is you need to have a few pints because I find I'm really good at dancing after I've had a few pints. The only place you're good at dancing after a few pints is in your own mind. In real life, it's, it's not as good as you think. And that's all that counts. But anyway, I got back from Turkey eventually. <laughs> and um, how, how did you get back? Did, did I flew? Well, yeah, yeah I got obviously. Yeah, but were, it, were it still like a Thomas Cook plane, but someone had got permanent marker and just crossed it out? Oh, well, it was all no, it was all still stickered up. It said Thomas Cook. There were Thomas Cook staff. It, we were the last flight out of Turkey back, the last repatriation flight. So, we're all we're all staff, proper depressed. Yeah, they're all like it's his last flight, and I've got no job. No, I did feel sorry for him. Honestly, didn't they just get hammered? I would have done if that were my last shift. I'd have been like. Yeah, okay, it's a toss free bar. Let's go for it. <laughs> no, that, that would have been good, but no, they, they, were, they were professional right up to the death of the company, which was nice. But on the flight back, or rather in the taxi on the way home to the to the airport, I'd spotted on eBay an arcade machine. I was like, oh, I'll, uh, that looks all right. It's like a cocktail um, Space Invaders thing. I thought it looks in good nick, that. But the advertisement said that the player one controls don't work properly and the sound doesn't work. And I said, well, is this the case with most at ones that you. <laughs> yeah, they all, they all, yeah, they all need a certain level of TLC, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, after I nearly killed myself trying to fix the other one. So <laughs> yeah. I said, this is all, oh, I fancy almost dying again. Can you, um, can you bid on this for me while I'm 
on the flight backs it finished while i was in the air so i bid on so, it from a hotel room in india where i was on international either. trade that's so, it no tariffs but um it turned out i won it for what 240 pounds something like is that, that good um, value it is because when i did eventually get it home i found out that the sound didn't work because the connector wasn't connected and i just pushed it on the pins and it went pop and the standard working awesome That's good and there's player one controls i think it's just been sat for a while and the the pickups on the micro switches have just got dirty and eventually after a few players it started working really nice bright fresh color screen and i was like this is a bag awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah it also turned out to be sold by archer mclean of mm -hmm. ik plus fame yes and jimmy white's world and snooker which was nice. Um, he was telling me all sorts of stories. How he used to open up his house to arcade collectors and have little parties, and they'd come round and they'd all play on his arcade machines. And he packed in in the end because people started nicking stuff from his house. <laughs> you know, you do something nice for the community, and then they just start taking things. He said they found him in my bedroom, taking pictures of stuff in my bedroom. You don't think geeks would do that, would you? I think they'd just yeah. be too busy geeking out over the. Or arcade a bit more machines. respectful, yeah. Rather than going up and knocking one out on his bed or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, other than that, I haven't really done much. Have I? Well, what about what about Chubby Cherub? <laughs> yeah, I've played that as well. Um, should we should we get onto it? Let's have a quick chat about it. So now we're up to World One Stage Three, which takes us all the way up to the letter C. So let's see what crumbs. We've collected from the crevice of computer game history. This episode's game is Chubby Cherub. If you listened to the last episode, you will know that. Or if you've read the title of this, you will know that. So Chubby Cherub was first released in Japan in December 1985 and later in the US in October 1986. Developed by Toz. Toz? Toze? We're going for Toz? Toz as in at the end of your feet. Tossy, Toz, T-O-S-E. T-O-S-E like Boz or Bozzy. Tossy. Okay. Developed by them, who also, amongst many other games, developed Super Tennis on the SNES. Chubby Cherub, released by Bandai, was known in Japan as Obake no Kutaro One One Panic, which translates as Kutaro the Ghost Bow Wow Panic. So, Kutaro is an old Japanese cartoon from the 1960s, I believe it was, about a little ghost who has three hairs on his head and is a friend of dogs. That's about all I've gathered from the intro. <laughs> Do you want to check out the intro? Why, I don't know, but we should check out the intro of the Japanese Kutaro because it's brilliant. Let's have a listen. That would have been funky, wasn't it? That is funky. It's good, isn't it? That's um, ultimately more awesome, enjoyable and fun than, than the, the game. game. Well, that's what it was in Japan, but obviously it was reskinned for the US into a 
little cherub that's on a mission to rescue his friends. Why? So I I don't know because, well, I don't know. But like many old games, you didn't get an intro. So I thought, what's what am I doing? Why am I flying around? And why is the dogs barking at me? I don't know what's happening. So I had to dig out a PDF of the instructions from the internet, which gives you a nice little rundown of the object of the game slash game description. Come to read it out to you. Let you know Some of it. Keep it. I always end up chopping this right down. So keep it. Read it all out if you want, but I'll probably chop a lot of it. <laughs> all right, then. Okay. Chubby Cherub, a sweet little angel, enjoys eating and loves to help people, but life is never so simple. There are many obstacles he has to overcome before being able to enjoy some delicious food or partake in exciting adventures. Dogs are always trying to bite him. Birds continually peck at him, and when flying, he often gets covered with puffs of smoke from the chimneys. Even attempts to rescue a friend held at hostage are thwarted when a burglar throws firecrackers at Chubby Cherub. All of these keep happening all the time. It's enough to get Chubby Cherub down. But with you at the controls, Chubby Cherub can prevail over anything or anyone who hinders him when helping a pal or eating a succulent shish kebab. Make Chubby Cherub's day a great one. He's depending on you. What kind of angels eat kebabs? Uh, Chubby ones. Chubby ones. There were lots of angels uh, uptown in Wakey then when I were a lad. Always hanging about kebab shops. Just hiding the wings, yeah. just staggering around. To, to be <laughs> fair, I spent a lot of this game staggering around on floor. Also, you know, it's oh, Chubby Cherub is a sweet little angel, enjoys eating and loves to help people. But life is never so simple. It sounds pretty simple that if all you want to do is eat, help people. Chubby Cherub is a loser. We know, mates. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pretty basic game to control. Your D-pad, left, right. You've got two buttons. B for jumping and A to eject your gow-gow cannon. And I don't know what a gow-gow cannon is, but it looks like it fires love arts out of it. Yeah, I didn't know what they were at first. I didn't know if they were, if they were tears coming from his eyes, but they're love arts, aren't they? Yeah, he's a cherub, isn't he? There's love arts coming out. Why? Does, yeah. You know, Obviously, he kills he kills the dogs that he's afraid of with love. Yeah, for some reason, the dogs are chasing the angelic little chubby cherub while he's trying to go rescue his mates that are trapped in uh, blocks, like flat tower blocks, like Grenfell. For some reason. I can't stress how hard these dogs are. Like, I love, you know, hard games. Like, the, these these dogs are, are harder than some of the hardest things I've ever encountered on any game ever. And they've got, the, when they bark, and the barks fly out of the mouth like little bees, they're like bullets, like little homing missiles. But, oh, yeah, but they just come out at a light lightning speed. Yeah, and and the range of the bee on the dog out outranges your love arts. Yeah. Which is annoying. So, so you can't get close what? enough to, to hit them. No, you gow, gow, no. gow, gow. If I'm a cherub, right, why haven't I got a bow and arrow? That's a very interesting, well, good point. <laughs> well, exactly why. We, why. Can, we can explain yeah. that. Well, because of how it was converted from the Japanese, from the Japanese thing. But yeah, yeah, if I'm a cynophobic um, cherub, surely I'd take my bow and arrow out with me if I knew you, I were going to be encountering dogs. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. So you've got to get from the left to the right, save your mates out the tower blocks. But because you're a cherub, you're going to fly at you. Because you are, you've got wings. You fly through so what looks tired. like a, a small Japanese uh, suburban dwelling. Through Yeah, powered by kebabs. Powered yeah, by food. Powered by <laughs> kebabs, sushi, hamburgers. You've got to pick all these up. And lollipops. Lollipops refill your gow gow cannon. So yeah. you can shoot the dogs with your love. <laughs> you can love the dogs to death but there's also there's also um p pickups so it's a square with a p in it which makes you flash and makes you invincible for a short period and it is a very short period it's a very short period and so you can get close to the dogs and shoot the dogs but if the dog's bark gets you then you lose your invincibility that ends it don't know why and then at the end of the level you've got essentially a block of flats 
with <laughs> yeah with what which is reminiscent of like the old um coin up rampage yeah, kind yeah, of it does look a bit like that doesn't it? Yeah, it does look like yeah. and you've got to what touch each window to find your friend that you've lost yeah, so what you've got to go around, you've got to go around basically knocking or running on random people's windows, hoping a dog doesn't jump out and bark in your face. And uh, and then hopefully you knock on your mate's window, but why you didn't know where your mate lived? No, nobody get nobody, that's never explained. Oh, you've got to rescue this guy because he's one of your mates, but you don't know where he lives. So, well, he's not that close a mate, then I think I'll I'll not brave them dogs and I'll just stay at home and eat kebabs. He's clearly been kidnapped <laughs> by a dog dog gang. Dog gang. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ruthless Japanese dog gang. Yeah, that's why I don't know. That's why they don't know where he lives. <laughs> We're making this sound so much better than it is. <laughs> yeah, but your point, your point about um, why don't I fire a bow and arrow is because yeah. it's been reskinned, doesn't it? It was a Japanese game, Kyutaro, which is about is based on the cartoon. And Even the in, Japanese one sounds like cute arrow. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he don't fire an arrow, does he? If I had a gow gow ball. No, he don't. Yeah. But the game's exactly the same. It's, they've, they've done nothing with it. They haven't tried to be smart around it. All they've done is change the sprite of your character from the <laughs> ghost that's in the cartoon to a chubby cherub for no reason. It's not even chubby, is it? He's just got a big head. Yeah, well, you won't get away with it now if you called it chubby. You did, the PC police would will come down on you like a ton of bricks. Especially but, if he was so skinny and you called him ch- uh, chubby, then you'd have all the um, body, worse, body movements going, he's not even fat. And, and then we, I bet that I bet that kebab beautiful. contains gluten. <laughs> and in, yeah. the, in the reskinnings, <laughs> in the reskinnings, the dogs clearly don't bark B. They bark the symbol for the sound. Is that right? Yeah, there's Japanese. some Japanese yeah. thing flies out of the mouth. But the, essentially that's it. Res- but yes, but the original Japanese one, it plays off the cartoon. Off the cartoon. Yeah, so, so you've just, we've, we've just we've just watched the advert, uh, or rather the intro, and in the intro, you learn so much as he's scared of dogs, he can go invisible, and he likes to eat food. That that is yeah. the premise of the game, and why they bothered reskinning it, I have absolutely no idea. Why not just yeah, it, why not just introduce the cartoon to to the US, and then. Make sell the game off the back of the cartoon. Yeah, because a load of guys in suits sat around and went, "I've got this, guys." I'm thinking cherubs, and rest of them went. They were eighties, wasn't it? This marketing for you. <laughs> so, so they probably just banged a big fat line off table and went, "I agree, let's do it, John." And then that were it. They didn't. Think Great idea, else, Brad. <laughs> yeah, make it so. Mm. But yeah, it does, it's not like the Japanese hadn't re. It's not like the, the the US hadn't taken some Japanese cartoons and redubbed them into English, and then. Um, well, you know, yeah, this is it. They had an opportunity to potentially create a, a, a something more from it, didn't they? So, all right, we'll introduce the cartoon, and we can introduce the toys. They went, nah, we'll not do that. We'll turn them into a. Well, a yeah, they, they, they did it with um, Battle of the Planets, which was Gatchaman. They reskinned that, but kept. Well, I say they kept it. They didn't. They hacked it to bits and put that little robot in it to to um, p- to piece it all together, to stitch it all together as like a narrative. That that robot wasn't in the Japanese original, but at least they brought it across. This just showed complete fear. We're not going to. We, we we can't have a ghost that nobody recognises because he looks like Casper, and we'll get sued. But it's not like you're bringing over a cherub that anyone recognises. There's, there's absolutely no. Our uh, cherubs were re- massive in eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. Were they? I don't know. Were they? Uh, Pass me by. Like the only things I remember being massive in eighties were like AIDS. And that that, that was pretty big. It was yeah. big. Big AIDS. Little massive on it. <laughs> so anyway, before we get onto what we thought about it, let's have a rape bloody good look at what was happening back in UK with music, films, TV. And of course, other games when it was released back on December the fifteenth in nineteen eighty-five. It's what we call cultural interlude. All <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Go on, insult, because I waffled a bit, so you can you can you be quite quiet. So, um, yeah, December the fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five, 
So we'd have been, what we're talking, Mark, nine? Nine, six, yeah. Six, nine, and you'd have been six months, yeah. So in the charts, in the, in the music charts, the top 40, hot countdown, top top, top pop picker charts, uh, number one UK single was Saving All My Love For You by Whitney Houston. Saving yeah. All My Love that's it well done that helps us avoid the royalties uh, with other notable chart botherers being shaking stevens with merry christmas everyone i kind of like that as a christmas song yeah it's no step into christmas though is it i think that's better or driving home for christmas how often is he driving home for christmas every, every year. year i know Where, where's he been uh he's gone away for easter and it's from Sunderland. I know. Like He's top to toe in tailbacks every year. You'd think he'd learn. <laughs> and uh, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid, which dawned on me when I was putting these notes together that that's an absolutely terrible name for a for a group. It's a sticky plaster to stick over the world's famine problems. Don't ignore it, everyone. We'll just, we'll just do this and everyone will be healthy then. It's a terrible name. Yeah. And uh, West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys. Dum, bum, bum. Didn't, didn't. Yeah. Well, that's good, isn't it? Well, it was. Was that the first release of Do They Know It's Christmas? Or is it just like, because it was a subsequent Christmas, it went to number one again? I think that was the first one. Oh, 85 was Band-Aid, wasn't it? You've got two weeks. Was it? You've got two well, weeks to come Live Aid, wasn't it? Was, when was Live Aid? Was that 85? And then they went, oh, should we do a Christmas song as well? Ah, got you, got you, got you, yeah. Uh, album charts. Yeah. The number yes. one UK album was now. That's what I call music. The Christmas album. And Every year. Are you spotting a theme here? We've been yeah. December, and yeah. not much has changed in terms of album charts right up to now. Because you've got now. That's what I call music six. Another compilation <laughs> called Hits Three, <laughs> and uh, also up there was Brother in Arms by Dire Straits. Who once went on tour with the aforementioned Chris Rea? They called it the Diarrhea Tour. Oh, oh God! Oh dear! You, you can have that. <laughs> it's safe. You can tell you. You can tell your grandmother. Was there anything That's... notable on the album? Singles. Uh, Brothers in Arms. It had uh, the Walk of Life on it, didn't it? The great thing with Dire Straits is you can just pick any song and play it over and over again, and it could be any album. So. Mm. They've only got that money for nothing, haven't they? And that other, uh. Yeah, it goes, it goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, in the film charts, number one film in December the 15th, 1985, was a little known feature called Back to the Future. Belter. The first one, yes. Back to the Future, Uno. Where we're going, we don't need that? no roads. It's the first one. Where it goes, where it goes to the past. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because he has to get right. back to the future. No, he goes yes. back to the past. He, 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 he could have called it stuck in the past. past. <laughs> I think they, I think they planned for three films, and then they went, "Oh no, we'll go back to the future." But they don't go to the future. Yes. Wonder they? No, he needs to get no, back no, to the he future. Needs to get back to the future when no, he's locked present. in the past. No, no even it is his present, but the actual quote that he says is, "We need to get back to the future." He said, he actually "Does he says actually it say it?" Himself. Yeah, I think Doc says it, doesn't he? Right. Okay. Well, and uh, also floating about, Santa Claus the movie with uh, Dustin. Oh yeah, Dustin... Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. Not, you were going uh, Dustin Hoffman. Were you thinking Dust... yeah. <laughs> Dusty Springfield? Dusty Springfield. <laughs> I was thinking Tim Allen, and that was a long time after this, wasn't it? The Goonies. Yeah, a long time, yeah. Yay. Legend. Slick Shoes. Yeah. Red Sonja. And the worst of yeah. the Mad Max films, Mad Max Thunderdome. I'm, I'm not having that. I think Mad Max Thunderdome's good. I don't care what anyone says. That It's full of lovely 80s cheese. And I think... It's better than first one. Not as good as second one. Well, better than that new thing because I didn't like no, that. That new thing's so good though. Wrong. It was really good, but I had never seen. Well, I had seen them, but a long, long, long time ago. So after seeing Fury Road, I went back and watched them all. My God, they're slow. 
the first one is so slow. Six, no, it so the first one. But no, it doesn't. He made it on like 10 bob though, didn't he? So. Yeah, he, he, he breaks his leg more or less and then his gun misfires. Um, that's yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> and the second one is that Mad Max 2 is Fury Road. He gets in a truck and drives and then turns yeah. around and comes back. And then I can't remember Thunderdome. I know I'd seen the How can you not remember Thunderdome? Cause it's Cause, the cause, one because it's the only one where there's actually something going on all the way through it. Well, I went to watch it and then I went, oh, I'll binge on all the other Mad Maxes and fill in all the gaps. And then I got one and two and I'm like, ugh, I'm mad maxed out to the max. Oh no, Thunderdome don't really fit with the rest of them. But, no, but I quite, but I like it. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's Tina Turner, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We don't need another here. That's where that came from, isn't it? Yes, it did. And um, yes. California Love video. Yeah, that took inspiration from it. But you know, when Tina Turner is live in concert, why don't they call it Concertina? Oh, God, you're on it today, aren't you? On it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so that's um, films, music, and album and my bums. But we're all about the games here, aren't we? So what games were we all playing in 1985, Christmas time? CMVG's game of the month was uh, Tau Seti on the Spectrum. Tau Seti, which was, well, I'll sum it up for you like CMVG did. You can take Elite, add a dash of Mission Impossible and 3D Tank Jewel, and you've got the recipe for the real blockbuster. If you only buy one game a year, buy Tau Seti. You know, I'm really surprised that I've never played that because I really vividly remember the name of it, and I can see kind of the post i must have had the poster for it in my room or something as well but i never ever played it it um it for so i i never i don't know i was never interested in it. i tried i think the closest i got to these kind of games were never bothered about elite never bothered about tarsetti captain blood i think was the closest i got captain to blood was brilliant in, yeah in terms of playing like these space exploration games and and attack on captain Captain Blood's entirely different to them, though. <laughs> it is, yeah, but in terms of you've just got this cockpit view and you're just, yeah, just bezing about in a spaceship or attack on Fractulous. What was that that we had for the Amstrad where I've, I've only got very vague memories of it landing on some sort of planet and then this thing that looks like a walking that's frog? Ca- Captain Blood. That's Captain Blood. Yeah. Oh, was that Captain Blood? Oh. Yeah. And then you let it in and it kills you, does it? I don't know. No, you have to you have to converse with it in hieroglyphics, and you kind of figure out what the hieroglyphics mean. But because we were only five or, or ten at the time or whatever, we just go you me reproduction, you me reproduction, you me reproduction, <laughs> which we've carried on into our adult lives. Are we going to see any alien poo tang in this or not? Well, the answer is no. That's 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 how I met my wife. <laughs> in the arcade, <laughs> in the arcade pages. Um, they, it, was a, it was a stellar, stellar month for uh, arcade games. They had Gauntlet, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom, and Hang On in there. Interestingly, two Atari releases in there, and Hang On, not Super Hang On, Hang On, just Hang On, Hang Tem- On. I like your show notes, Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's the Scottish Doom. version. <laughs> what Temple of Doom. So I managed to pull out the uh, top uh, top 30, oddly. Top 30 was in CMVG and the multi-format, uh, multi-format charts. So, I'm looking at it now. Elite's in it, actually, then. Well, Elite, I think Elite's probably still in top 10 now. That's because it's proper good. Uh, so what have you got here? Board of the Rings, which is obviously one of those very funny parody games. Uh, Elite, as we said, Chiller, which was a Mastertronic spooky um, platformer. It was. It was very, very difficult, if I remember rightly. Fighting Warrior. It was, it was good. Fighting Warrior by yeah. Melbourne House, which was a 1v1. Was it a 1v1 type barbarian, or was it just a side-scrolling beat-em-up? I can remember it. Fighting warrior. It, it looked absolutely wonderful, but moved like a car crash, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think it were pretty, but not very good to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got at number one, where the exploding fist, which is an absolute classic. Daily Thompson's Super Test, 
Frank Bruno's boxing, yeah. which was um, oh, oh, basically punch out. D- Daley Thompson's super test. Yeah. What, yeah, they come. Was, was that like decathlon? But. Well, there was Daley Thompson's decathlon, and then super test was when he'd, he'd been to the doctors and uh, they wanted a blood test. And no, what it was was that, after they'd released wrong? decathlon. Yeah, after they'd released decathlon, they left enough times for everyone to buy new joysticks after they'd broken them all. And then the joystick manufacturers all chipped in and said, can you make another Daley Thompson game? Uh, so that everyone breaks the joysticks again, but this time make it so they have to waggle them even faster. Oh, so that's why it came. It's out. a super test for your yeah. joystick. Yeah, they've got uh, whatever they have, Finders Keepers, which was the first Magic Night game, wasn't it? It was, and it's was very it? different to the other Magic yeah, Night game. Finders Keepers, the top-down Magic Night game, like very much like no, it's not. No. No, no, he's still side scrolly, but he's a, a lot smaller sprite. He's more like a similar kind of size to a Jet Set Willy type character, whereas he's quite big in all the subsequent games. And the thing we find as keepers is I had this for the Commodore 64 and the Amstrad, and the two versions were poles apart in terms of quality. It's worth Googling and YouTubing and having a look at them just to see how far superior the Commodore 64 version was. Right. It was, it was, yes, it was the first one, wasn't it? And then you had Spellbound and then Nighttime and then Stormbringer, which I remember playing Stormbringer, even though we're fast forward in a couple of years. Stormbringer, and bearing in mind at that point, we're what, 11. And one of the final puzzles is do some binary, (laughs) binary calculation. (laughs) And we're like, I don't even remember. Ones and zeros are just things we see on washing machines. I don't understand what binary is. I think you actually went and asked your maths teacher at the time to help us convert this binary, and he was equally confused. So, <laughs> but yeah, I do distinctly remember that. Well, I'm I'm a bit out of the loop here because Finders Keepers to me is a house with no front on it, and Neil Buchanan, uh, yeah, kids in it. Yeah. Was it Neil Buchanan or Pat Sharp? Uh, Pat Sharp was Funhouse. Oh, yeah. there's a good one on this list that you've not mentioned. Frankie goes to Hollywood. That's that's worth a look. I I think it's a really odd, really bizarre game. The it's only about the band. thing that it is no, the only thing it's really got to well, no, they were on the cover, the weren't they? With the band is, yeah, that it's just the soundtrack ah. is, Fra- is Frankie goes to Hollywood. But the game, it's like a bit of a, a mishmash of loads of different types of game. But the thread that's running through it is it's a who done it, and you're picking clues up, and you have to guess at the end who the killer is. And it's actually a really, really, really good game. It's one of my favourite games of that kind of generation is Frankie Goes to Hollywood. It's really good. You had to pick up ZZT, um, which were the which were the label that uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood were on, weren't they? ZZT. I remember it just being like you've got you've got loads of different items. You can use them in loads of different places, and then you go speak to people, and they go like uh, the killer doesn't wear green. And then you go to someone else and go, Dave is really fond of wearing green. So you go, all right, so it's not Dave. It's that kind of oh, thing. Was it like those logic puzzles you get in the puzzle magazine where you've got to cross-reference all the things and tick off all the boxes? Yes. The, yes. The man who wore the yellow top had no left shoe. But yeah, the man it was that kind of right thing. Yeah. also wore a hat. And you're like, oh, yes. which, which was it? But yeah, it's, it, that, it was that kind of thing going on. But then a lot of the rooms, so some of it was puzzle. Some of it was similar to a point and clicky type thing, even though it wasn't point and click. And some of it had weird shoot them up elements and all sorts of stuff. It was good, yeah. really good. They definitely was ZZT in there somewhere because ZZT was, was the label that we were on. It was Trevor Horn's label. So Art of Noise and, uh, and Adamski and Africa Bambata and Grace Jones and people were on it with Paul Morley. But yeah, but mm. at the time, being nine, you just picking up some ZZT or something. And it's like, is, what, yeah, what I meant out to me. Yeah, it? but that's the record yeah. label they were on. But it was a very, very baffling <laughs> game for me anyway. And uh, that pretty much sums up all the, all the games for December 1985, which no doubt some of those would have been on our Christmas lift. Although if I think back, I got that Christmas trapdoor for the Amstrad. That was good. something that. down there. It, it, no, it, no, it no. was a massive, massive strike. That stripes, massive sprites in that game, um, mm. r- but really, really bloody difficult. What was the blue guy called? 
Burke. Burke. And then there was the Bone. What was Bony. it? Bony. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that because it was quite a pretty game, wasn't it? It had really, really well drawn, really big, chunky sprites. Yeah. But it was a quite an obtuse, strange game, wasn't it? Where I think he were requesting stuff for the trapdoor and you had to run around getting it and throwing it down or something. Yeah, it was like a fetch carry puzzle type thing. But I got it that yeah, Christmas. It if it was that Christmas, or certainly it might have been the Christmas after, if it wasn't 85. Um, and uh, I got up and I opened all my presents while everyone was still in bed. And I got myself a, a, a I got myself a BMX uh, body warmer, which now we call gilets because we're we're more educated. And um, I put I put the fire on. I put all three bars on the fire because it was Christmas. <laughs> laid down in my new body warmer and melted <laughs> melted it <laughs> to me back. Oh, no. <laughs> melted to my, you melted, okay? not to my actual skin no it just basically <laughs> melted all the plastic and just left it the foam insulation which probably was full of chemicals and all sorts so, so the, did you so wrap the it plastic up just kind of like yeah uh, so that that's so what happened right. then the plastic just got so warm it shrunk just just and melted yeah melted through to the foam <laughs> How could I have you sat on fire? I tell you, no, I put do, all three bars on. Do you not remember? That's crazy, right? That's why, that's why being in Yorkshire, we, we're tight with I fire bars. I put fires on, on Christmas. Because you'll burn your gilet. <laughs> hey, yeah. Don't put that fire on, I'll burn that gilet. <laughs> it's a body warmer, not a body warmer. Uh, right. Anyway, do you remember every every shell suit had a, a warning in it? Keep away from fire. And I always used to think to myself, what what? I can't be that bad. What happens? Obviously, I don't remember you burning that because I was six months old. Well, I did. I did anyway. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's your cultural interlude for this episode. Uh, what were you guys doing in 1985? Why not send us an email or give me a phone call on 0800 chat back. <laughs> that is 80s that is 80s anyway it'd be no 898 though wouldn't it possibly yeah because it's money the was, so was friends the 90s one don't be bored call friends what's the number now <laughs> I, I, I think that's that's that, right. i think you've had some acid <laughs> anyway back to uh chubby cherub then so final thoughts on chubby cherub or I didn't like it, if I'm honest. But you but managed to finish it. Like it. I think but I might know why. I I did get quite a long way. I was determined because somewhere I read that there's a, he's got to rescue 12 friends. And I thought, right, <clears throat> there's got to be 12 levels or 13 at the most. So plowed on using save states and rather disappointingly once i got to save the last of my friends i was expecting some sort of big party or at least some little animation of them all dancing around going yeah chubby chub, chubby cherub you're a hero but no it just goes oh stage 13 and it puts you back at stage one and the whole game starts again no more difficult just start again very symptomatic of games of this era wasn't it but yeah i'm glad i didn't finish this one because it were already boiling my piss by the time i got to level eight so if i'd have persevered through to level 12 and that had happened i would have probably gone full on arthur fowler and smashed my house up well it does get harder and harder the further you get some of the levels further on but the early levels are quite um quite generous with the food pickups that you need to keep your energy up to continue flying because if your energy drops below a certain level because it's continuously going down and you have to eat to top up your energy. And if you, it goes too low, you fall. It's designed almost like a platformer, so you can jump your way through the level, but really you fly your way through the level, don't you? But you, like you say, in order to maintain that flight, you have to eat kebabs. Yeah, and some of the later levels are really shy with the food. They just don't hand it out. Or you have to walk past a certain trigger point on, on either a higher platform or a lower one. And without doing that, the, the food doesn't appear for you. So then you run out of energy and you die anyway. And you can't fly, which means you can't avoid the dogs with the lightning fast barks. And well, there's certain places you can't anyway, because like, the easiest way to deal with the dogs is to avoid them. But then every now and then in a level, the word stop will just pop up. 
it won't let you go any further till you've sorted everything out on that screen, will it? I don't, I don't know if it were me as well. I found the mechanic, the flying mechanic, quite to activate flight, if you like, quite difficult to, the amount of times I wanted to fly away from a dog and I just jumped and didn't do it and died. I didn't know if it were because I've got Q-Taro, I've, I've got Q-Taro. Yeah, that's just because you were rubbish. Well, that's it. So I, I thought, is it my Famicom? No, no, but it's, it's my Famicom playing up. Or is it just me being rubbish? But Yeah, it's that. Probably. <laughs> but like you said, the dogs, what I didn't like was, you touch, you touch it, well, you touched on it earlier, you can get the dogs, but you're, you, the dogs come back further than your shot. So you've, the only way to, to defeat them easily, or not even that easily, is to like get that power up, go invincible, then get close, kill the dog. But like I said, your invincibility lasts for seconds. So it, you have it, got a, a, a minuscule window to dive in close enough to shoot that dog. It, so it's not even it's not even a skill thing at that point, or I guess it is. Well, no. to learn where the pickups are, and then to pick it up last and fly to the nearest dog and shoot it. But I mean, yeah. the purpose of the game isn't to shoot all the dogs; it's just to rescue your friends. But you've got yeah. to shoot you've because food's so sparse. You can probably tell us, and in the later levels, because food's so sparse, you have to spend a lot of time down on the ground. Not some of the time. some yeah. levels, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, not, but, not you don't have to stay on the ground, but while you're walking, your, your energy level drops a lot slower than when you're flying. But what's so, this invincibility that is never down on the ground? It's always up in the air, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, the power pills. Yeah, yeah. No, so I've just thought of something that that you. I don't think you experienced because you didn't play it a lot. Because you, where were you? Were I were you, in India. Did I mention that? Oh, you were in India. That was it. Yeah, you um you didn't experience this, but if you play something like Mario and you fall down a hole on the platformer and you die, you're done. That's it. Fine. On this, you fall into some sort of purgatory, which is completely black. You can't see any of the platforms, yet there's two little what look like bears coming after you. There's a, a bulldog barking at a door, and then you've got to jump to that door and get out, but you can't see the platform, so you've got to guess where the platforms are. And I got there and thought, oh, God, no, I'm going to lose all my lives here. But when you die, you don't lose your life and you go back outside. You just start again in the dark. It's awful. And as, as I was playing with an emulator, I thought, oh, it's all right. I'll just load up my save state. But I hit save by accident. Then I was trapped uh, and I had to get out. When life imitates art. Yeah. It's, it, it is as if they sat there and went, how can we make this game even more annoying? All right. <laughs> well, I is, that, is that supposed to be <laughs> some Japanese underworld then? Some purgatory? If he's a ghost, is that where he is? And I wonder if this is what led them to think of heaven and hell for the chubby cherub um, reskin. They could have gone for anything. Nothing would have made any more or less sense than what they've gone for. I'm going to just call it chubby chubby Dave. And not, it doesn't make any difference where it is. I mean, calling this, calling this a game is thin at best. It is genuinely feels like something you would have got on a free cassette on the front of a magazine. It's it's poo. It is, it is poo tarot. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's poo. So now we've covered all that off and we've covered the game to its fullest because there really isn't much more that we can say about it. Go play it yourself if you haven't already. In fact, quick shout out to one of my mates, Kyle, and I don't know if Andy ever got around to it, but I know you two have been playing it and I'd be interested to see what you think, but try it out if you haven't they, already. Are you not concerned that now they won't be your friends anymore? Because you've forced this on them. <laughs> you made them play Chubby Cherub. Well, this whole podcast idea was just a ploy to defriend my friends. That's <laughs> the simplest way of doing it, just let them down. Can we can we like expose personal secrets or some just really cause them some bother? If if you want to if you want to cut them out, let's do it right. Oh, I'll not go that far. I'll not go that far. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> I'm not as bad as you, Mark. I know. Anyway, here on Pixel Hunt Podcast, we score our games out of genuine, bona fide, John Fashnu awoogas. None of your cool. Chris Akabusi awoogas around here. So Mark, no, it has to be bona fide. Uh, for me, yeah. um, uh, I I think 
can I give it a half? No, I mean, I mean something and a half. I think maybe oh, right. I think I three and a half. half. No, no, I think I think I want to. It's it's somewhere between a three and a four. I don't think it's quite as bad as three, and I don't think it's quite as good as four. So I'm going to go three and a half. Split the diff. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, uh, oh, this is out of ten. By the way, we didn't say that, did yeah, we? So out of five is average. Yeah. I'd 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 go for I'd go for three for Chubby Cherub, but I think it's probably worth pointing out that if I'd have played Qtaro, if you were going to rate Qtaro, which we're not, um, six, because it made sense, particularly knowing what the game, mm. what the background to the character is, is scared of dogs, etc. I don't know any angels that are scared of dogs. So it's just because... Becomes- I kind of accept that, I think, as an accompanying piece to something else, as a part of a bigger jigsaw that makes sense it's worthy of something more than yeah. a low score I but i'm not aware that angels are scared of dogs and burglars but so you're going for three and a half from mark a three from you so yep but also given the accompanying Qtaro a six yeah but i just felt it, it was we're worthy scoring. we're not scoring that but it yeah. felt that it, it needed yeah, I, it, I agree it needs a mention doesn't it because as a game it makes a whole lot more sense, like we said earlier. The, the even just just from the intro, if you know nothing else about Qtaro, if you just watch the intro of the cartoon, you get all you need to know to understand the game. He's scared of dogs. Yeah. He eats food. He goes invisible a bit, and that's what this game is. And and as a as a Japanese game, as a Japanese release, it is probably a five six because it's it's got some annoying bits, like when you shoot the dogs. I forgot to mention this earlier. If you then go to fly under the dog that you've just killed and it falls on you, that you. <laughs> yeah, that's. I've killed it now. Why can it still kill me? I think though, if if someone did drop a dead dog on your head, it probably a. Uh... Yeah, it might do. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. I can I can re- reveal exclusively here that it does hurt. I've been under dogs. <laughs> you've been under dogs. <laughs> it's not enough of your wakey nightlife. <laughs> wow dog bother <sighs> so <laughs> it sounded like you just we're under a dog just <laughs> but yeah the the western release makes no sense whatsoever and if you viewed it in um isolation and played the game in isolation not knowing the background not knowing the the japanese release you would struggle to find anything enjoyable about this the music's bad the controls are poor the it's it's not good is it i no. i can't go any higher than a three i think collectively we'll give it a, a what's that three nine and a half out of 30. that's quite uh, damning isn't it it is really it's it's what it deserves and yeah. it's got no <laughs> one to blame but itself you take that you've let yourself down <laughs> yeah like, us down but more so, importantly you've let that little ghost down yeah you've let q down you've destroyed his you've you've defecated on him anyway <laughs> that's not the word i was looking for <laughs> so, <laughs> it works <laughs> your your super randomizer brought chubby chair about but i think we need to have a word with it because there's plenty of other things it could have picked plenty of other notable c's yes better c's mm. digging in there California games, that was always oh, good. BMX in half pipes, it was rad. I love California games. I had no idea as a kid what a hacky sack was. Still not sure now. Is that, is that the one where you have to play keepy uppies with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the BMX was my favourite. Going down that BMX day, trying to flip it as you went down that hill. It was. I liked the surfing. This is a free to be. I can't remember. I, I had this game on the Atari Lynx, I think. I did. I had it on the Lynx. Yeah. So we had Castlevania, Castlevania you could have had. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which was Capcom Disney thing. We could have had Clash at Demon Head, which uh, is a... Clash at Demon Head? Well, it's a mega, mega uh, platformer. But also, interestingly, it's where they took the band name from in Scott Pilgrim. Named oh. after this game. Uh, if you've not seen Scott Pilgrim, check that out. It's 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 right good. It's a right good film. Uh, you could have had Clue Clue Land, which is a nice little puzzler. Uh, 
Uh, oh, with people in big white robes and pointy white hats no, chasing. That that's no. different. Cobra Triangle, which if memory serves me correctly, that's a rare release. It's a boat thing, isn't it? Not like a simulator of Sylvester Stallone with a toothpick in his mouth playing a triangle. No. <laughs> okay. It's a terrible right. film, that. You could have had Commando. That was Beverly Hills Cop. Did you know that? Cobra. What Originally, Sylvester Stallone was um, in for Beverly Hills Cop. And no. he got the script and rewrote the script for Beverly Hills Cop and he handed it back in and he went, hey, this is how I think it should be. And they were like, no, mate, that's absolutely awful. And they were like, well, <laughs> I want a load of money to make it. So he made Cobra. So when you watch Cobra and Beverly Hills Cop, they are actually ah. the same storyline told in an entirely different way. I didn't know that. So, yeah, a bit of trivia. Might have yeah. to watch yeah. back to back. Yeah. <laughs> Commando, got- is that the, um, the Schwarzenegger? No, no, it's that top-down shooter top that, down. Um, yeah. that top sort down of di- Dino Ricky wanted to be. <laughs> that, yeah, Dino Ricky. Uh, uh, Contra. Sort of oh, we could have had Contra, which is absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Uh, mm. then si- just before you go on, before yeah. you go on, your super randomizer, had it, have pilled, had it have picked out Contra or Castlevania? We'd have to spin it again, wouldn't we? The whole, the whole idea of this is to not. Yeah, it's not what we're here for, is it? Played them anyway. We would have played them anyway. You've got to, you've got to adhere to the rule of the super randomator. That's it. Is it like golf, play it from where it lands? That's it. You've got to. But an absolute gem in this list that I've kept till last is uh, Crisis Force, which is a brilliant uh, Konami shooter. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you sent us a video of this, didn't you? Yes, and it looks absolutely did. exceptional. Yeah, it could be a 16-bit yeah. release. It, it's pushing that much, that yeah, much power. Yeah, I wish we'd have got that. This, I thought, I thought bloody hell, I wish we'd have got really that. Really good, and and I yeah. thought this must be. When was it? It was 91, so it was towards the end of the Nez's lifespan. And like we said very earlier on in this whole series, a lot of the good stuff comes towards the end, doesn't it? And it does. That but looks like one of the best. The the uh, if if I'm right in what I'm thinking, it came with a custom chip in the cart to bolster it with more power. Um, if I'm right in what I'm thinking, you're not if, done research then. No, I, I skim read it somewhere. Yeah, there were some of them later games, weren't there? That when they came out, they had a bit of extra horsepower built into the cartridge itself, didn't they? Yeah, a Crisis Force did if. It, if like I say, if I've skim read that properly well, somewhere. It looks like it has. Like a built-in expansion pack. Yeah. Are you going to get your randomizer out and give it a tug? Yeah. I can do. You Just pull on, on your handle. Yeah, go on. Hang on. Get it in this drawer. One sec. There we go. Right, hang on. So I've just got to wind it up a bit. Right, here we go. And what we've got here is for letter D is what you've got there is mental issues. (laughs) Sitting here cleaning. (laughs) I I never the super random random minator never never gets clean. I'm going to say discharge. Letter D is door door. Door door. Like an ambulance. Door door. Door door. No, like a door. How's this spelt? D. Oh, like a door. D double O R. D double O R. Door door. I don't know how I was imagining So good they named it twice. Do we even know what sort of game it is? I presume there's some doors involved. It's a door door. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out next time then. <laughs> anyway. Have we had any feedback? Uh, no. The only feedback that we've had so far is uh, Stewie said that it, listening to this podcast makes him want to play NES games, which is, well, um, that's a, which is thing. A, a good thing. And... Um, Kirk, Kirk the Lurk from work said, when's the next podcast out? I keep getting that. When's the next podcast? Seems like people want to listen to it. Oh. Weird, isn't it? We're pleasing somebody, if not necessarily just We're ourselves. 
It's, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's nice to what, get together in a room and pleasure ourselves. So I've got, I have got <laughs> independently. Yeah. We're doing it remotely this time. Each other. Yeah, all the way from Spain. I mean, Spain, Spain, Methley and Osset coming together virtually. <laughs> so as a team. I have got a bit of feedback from my mate Liam that I was talking about earlier. He said to me, um, when's the next podcast coming out? Uh, I really want to listen. It'll be uh, be interesting to see if you hate this game as much as me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I don't hate Kyle, so I don't know what he's getting at there. <laughs> but yes, Kyle, I hate this game too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, Kyle, we've got you back. We hated it. So anyway, that's all for this episode of Pixel Hunt Podcast. Special thanks go out to my lovely co-hosts, wherever they may be. And of course, you lovely listeners. Thank you for your continued support and your feedback. If you want to reach out to us, you can grab us on Twitter at Pixel Hunt Pod, Instagram at Pixel Hunt Pod, or you can email us on audio at pixelhuntpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast, playing the games so you don't have to.